Hi, Explorers. Thanks for listening to Kids Who Explore Parent Edition. Come along with us as we cover all corners of raising kids in the outdoors. Hi, I'm Adriana Scori. I'm a hiking mom in the Canadian Rockies, Mama to Turner, and CEO of Kids Who Explore. I'm Lauren Rodick Eberly. I'm mom to Collins. We love being outside and exploring between our two homes in Seattle, Washington, and Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Today's podcast is sponsored by Kids Who Explore's Patch for a Purpose. Every time we see our patch out in the world, we feel the love and support behind it. Our patches can be sewn onto backpacks, jackets, bags, or even baby carriers, to name a few. Or they can be carried in your packs as special adventure items for all your little explorers. Our patch comes in eight different colors, and a dollar from each patch goes to a, you guessed it, purpose. Your support can make a difference for all of the following charity groups, depending on which color patch you want to represent. Alberta Parks, Children's Disability, BIPOC and Anti-Racism, Sick Children, The Earth, Children's Wellbeing, Anti-Bullying, and Children's Mental Health. Check out the hashtag Patch for a Purpose to see our patch and the community behind it. That's hashtag Patch, the number four, a purpose. To get your patch today, visit www.kidswhoexplore.ca. We thank you in advance for the difference you are making. Raised in California, Natasha, known on Instagram as Suitcases in Seattle, now calls Seattle home. She not so secretly loves the gray skies, green landscapes, rocky beaches, and mountain views. An accountant by training, she's adapted her love of spreadsheets to plan outings with her two young children. You'll usually find them at a park or trailhead or enjoying some of the amazing road trippable destinations the Pacific Northwest has to offer. Hi, Natasha. Hi, Lauren. How are you? Good. How are you doing this morning? Good. So you are a true dream to follow on Instagram. I just moved to Seattle in September. And one of my friends was like, you have to follow her. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, you are like my bucket list for kids. I just look to you. So thank you for all the work you do and the research and posting the fun and informative information that you give. Welcome to the area. Thank you. I love it. (laughs) Have you always been a person who wants to experience so many new things? Yeah. um, Like you mentioned in the intro, I love spreadsheets and like being able to plot out so I can maximize like what I'm going to see in a new place. Uh, When we moved to Seattle, it was the same way, although a little bit different because we didn't have kids when we moved here, but I've always loved planning new stuff. So how long have you lived in Seattle? We moved here in 2013. So we're coming up on nine years. Oh, yes. You'll have to have like a 10-year celebration. I know, right? Yeah. (laughs) So something that I was super interested in talking to you about when I reached out to you was all the parks and playgrounds you explore. So in 2021, you took your kids to, I think, at least 35 different parks. Is that right? Yeah, that sounds right. You actually might be better at counting it than I did. Last year, we made the goal to do the thousand hours outside project, but like, it's really, sometimes it's just really hard to get kids outside. Like they don't always want to go for a hike. And I wanted to balance my need to get out of the house with their need to like do something that's really fun for them. Going to a playground is just such an accessible outing. It's free. So it's a low investment. We have a ton near our house. So it's an easy way to get them out of the house for the day. You are so right about it being accessible because hopefully, and for sure, I think in our area, there's parks that are always a close walk by, even if you're living right in the city. When you shared all those different parks, someone had said in the comment section, lucky kids, and you responded lucky mama, which I love. (laughs) 
Can you tell us some of the reasons you love getting out to these different parks? Yeah, I am not the Pinterest mom. And so it's really hard for me at home to come up with like activities. And there are those moms that are so awesome at the Montessori approach and they have the cool wooden climbers and the nugget and their kids just love them. And that's awesome. But our house isn't really built that way. And I am not the one who's going to put together a super awesome busy toddler project because there are other moms for that. And so I love going to the playgrounds because they practice their gross motor skills and they sit in the sand pit and they get dirty. And during the pandemic, we really weren't seeing other people very much. And so it was at least an opportunity for them to see other kids. And in some cases, kids who don't look like them, which is a little bit trickier in North Seattle. Um, so there were just all these like ancillary benefits beyond just, oh, look, it's a nice playground for 15 minutes. Yeah. Yes, totally. And I I think you had shared this anecdote as well, but we're, we're living in an apartment, so we don't have a lot of space for a lot of toys and all those things. And you had shared, oh, like you don't have to have as many toys and you don't have to clean your house. (laughs) It's true. Yeah. I am not a great house cleaner and it causes me a lot of stress to be constantly stepping on Legos. So it's nice to be able to go out and some of the parks actually have like toys that people have left in the sandbox, like Maple Leaf Park and Wallingford Playfield, people leave their toys. And so then the kids get the kind of joy of playing with the toy that doesn't belong to them for a little bit too, which is awesome. Yes, and it's all new and exciting. Exactly. So when you do these park dates, when does it usually take place? Like do you do it on the daily, on the weekly? They are more frequently daily. Um, My daughter started kindergarten this year. And so that has put a little bit of a damper in our ability to like, go really far afield to go on hikes. So it's really easy to go to the playground. So typically my son who just turned three and I will go to a playground in the morning, a little bit after we drop her off, play for an hour or two, maybe go for a walk, get a coffee, and then we'll kind of come home and regroup over lunch before we pick her up. Oh, that's perfect. And okay. Did you complete your thousand hours outside last year? We did. We actually were a little bit early, which I was really surprised by because a thousand hours, like when it's an average of like three hours a day, that sounds really ambitious and a little bit intimidating, but it helped because going to the playground got us like an hour outside, even in the dead of winter or on rainy days, because we just threw on our rain gear and went to the playground. And then we also took a road trip and we went camping a lot last year. And so that helped a lot. So we finished in October, so a little bit early. So it was exciting. So are you doing it again? Or do you feel like now you know that you're outside that much? (laughs) Yeah, I spent a lot of time, even though I love spreadsheets, I spent a lot of time tracking it last year. And so we're not officially tracking it this year because I feel like we set a really good foundation and good habits about we're all happier when we get outside for the day. So it doesn't really matter if it's 3.25 hours or 4.16 hours for the day, we can just go out and be. So we've set a good foundation at this point. Absolutely. That's amazing. This year is the year that I'm tracking it. I'm not necessarily like I didn't sign up for the thousand hours outside, but I love what she's doing over there, but I'm just kind of, yeah, keeping track, like you said. And 
I think probably after this year, I won't track either. It just kind of lets you know, like, okay, yeah, we have good habits. We're always getting out in the morning is for us. We love to for sure get out in the morning. And then if we can get out later, that's a bonus. But yeah, yeah those and trips and stuff help. <laughs> yeah. And you're so good at getting outside with other people. I'm not always as good at coordinating the timing with other families, but I think it really helps kind of with the sustaining that outdoor time because you're so good at going out with other moms and their oh. kids. Thank you. Do you have, cause you said you do like to go hiking do like some trailheads. Do you have any favorite ones in the area that the kids like to do? Easter is coming up. So I was actually just looking at kind of what we did last year and we did Garfield ledges for the first time. It's out in North Bend. It's only like two miles round trip is a little bit steep, but I didn't want to do the typical Easter egg hunt last year. And so I took Easter eggs and filled them with little gummies and I just hid them all the way at the trail and it kept the kids going. So that was a huge favorite for us last year. Okay. That is a genius idea. I need to steal that. So did you go ahead of them and do it? And I did. Yeah. And they're still little enough that like, they know it's me. Like nobody, they don't actually think the Easter bunny is up the trail. And so, yeah, I just brought like six eggs along and just a big bag of gummies. And so I ran ahead and dropped them and then I would refill and run ahead again. And that trail is really awesome because it has like fun stumps that have gaps in them and rocks you can hide them behind. So it has some really great spots to stash okay. eggs. Those are the two most fun tips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. And do you have favorite parks you tend to go back to again and again, or do you prefer to always change it up? We change it up a lot because I need the novelty, um, but there is Yesler Terrace Park, which is by Togo Coffee. And it's my little guy's best friend. The guy who owns it, he calls him Mr. Burhanu and Burhanu knows our drinks. We go in there, we get our cocoa and our coffee. We sit outside for a little bit and then we just dash across the street and it's an amazing playground because it has views of the water and Mount Rainier. And when they're life lighting people into Harborview, which is just right up the street, you get to see the helicopter like touch and go. So, oh. and there's construction. So, I mean, it's just got a little bit of everything. Yes. Okay. Add, adding so much to my list here. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be your top park. In That's my level. top park. Yeah. And you do like to grab a hot beverage, <laughs> hey, uh, before or after? Yes. We, I actually posted probably like one of the most um, well-shared posts that I did last oh year God, was a combination of coffee and playgrounds. Because it's a less expensive way to go out. You know, you spend five bucks on a latte and it's more than it would be at home for sure. But it like helps me enjoy the playground outing a little bit more if I can have a warm beverage, especially on a cold rainy day when I don't really want to be outside necessarily anyway. So true. And if you are meeting up with people, I feel like that kind of coffee day is so much easier than trying to actually have a coffee date at home or at a coffee shop because the kids are not going to sit and yes. chat for an hour, but they'll play for an hour while you chat. Absolutely. Yeah. We just met another mom at a playground a couple of weeks ago and the moms had coffee and the kids have their cocoa. And we actually got to chat for like a whole 15 minutes before somebody fell and needed a kiss or something. Right. I always say you start 10 conversations and finish. Them. You <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. So with like your park outings, you said usually about an hour or do you find they used to be longer before kindergarten started this year? What kind of time frame do you usually head to the park for? My daughter can 
go longer than my son. He starts to get like, I'm hungry. I want a snack. And even if I bring a snack, he kind of starts to drift a little bit because he just turned three. My daughter could go a lot longer. So sometimes we'll stay longer on like weekends if I take her with me or she and I just get time together on our own. But it's usually like an hour, hour and a half. And then we're ready to go do something else for the day. So it's also a really good filler in between errands. Like we need to go to the grocery store and we need to go to Target and do our pickup, but I don't want you to be stuck in a car or the cart at the store all the time. So we'll do an errand interspersed with the park and that really helps us kind of get through it. Yeah, it's just a nice change of scenery. Yeah. So do you have a goal this year for amount of parks you want to explore or are you going to more just like go with the flow? Not like a specific numerical goal, but I do, I mean, this shouldn't really be surprised. I do keep a spreadsheet of park projects that are upcoming. And so I kind of go back and check that every so often. Cities with their budgets, you know, sometimes the timelines are a little bit flexible and there's been a concrete strike. So that's a little bit tricky, but it's nice to kind of see what's new um, and then go back to some of our old favorites. I love your spreadsheets as well. I'm not a spreadsheet for park girl, which I should get on, but I'm oh, normal people are not, yeah. <laughs> but I'm spreadsheets for like budget and block scheduling and all those things. So it's totally inspiring. I love it. Having kids on the podcast is our favorite part. <laughs> My kid was asking about the Easter eggs. Oh. <laughs> he remembers. <laughs> He's like, I'm hearing all these really yeah. fun things you're talking about. Let's go back to that park and let's exactly. do that hike. <laughs> So is there anything else you pack for the parks or does the park offer everything you need? Like you said, the sound toys, that was a good one. Yeah, the sound toys are awesome. I don't usually pack stuff, although we did go to Alice Ball Park across from the Greenwood Library a while back and they had temporarily cleared out all the toys. So the back of our car has like a little shovel and a sand bucket, which we normally use for going somewhere like Golden Gardens, where you've got the playground and the beach right next to each other. So it's nice to transition. But other than that, it's pretty much a snack and then a bathroom plan because during the winter, some parks have closed down the bathroom. So that's another place where the coffee shop comes in handy. So if I know it's a seasonal playground, we might do the coffee shop afterwards. Yes. Do you have a toddler toilet in your trunk? We often do. Yeah. yeah. If it's like a close outing, I don't bring it. But yeah, toddler toilet is, is something that has been used for years now. So key. Yes. I think I will honestly have it in my car forever. Right. I know. <laughs> well past toddlerhood. Yeah. So yeah, this has been so fun to learn about. I hope it's inspiring people to get out to parks as well and just have that outing that they can, like there's so many different kinds and so many different opportunities. And we've talked a lot about natural parks too, where they have like more nature-based things. But what else is on your kind of bucket list for this year? You got some hikes and some parks and are you going to be going camping again this summer? Yeah, we've got lots of camping trips planned. We're actually, across your fingers, hoping to go to Banff. I know, like, that is a really special spot for you. We haven't been in the summer. So we've been in April and we've been in September and had snow both times. And then it was like our, one of our last trips that got canceled before, every, you know, as everything was shutting down, we were supposed to go July, 2020 and obviously couldn't. So July, 2022, it's looking good. Yes. And I don't think you will have snow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hope. I'm hoping. 
it's funny because April is very much still winter hikes. So I don't know if you experienced that. With oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. People think like, oh, it'll be spring. No, it's still winter. <laughs> we tried to get into larch season with our like early September trip a few years ago and it was snowy, but we did that Lake Ann tea house, um, or Lake Agnes, sorry, yes. tea house hike. And it was like amazing, even in the snow. So. Yes. Oh, so magical. I'm so excited. Well, if you have any questions, <laughs> please let me know, but yeah. I'm so excited to see your July in Banff. <laughs> and your bio said you love the gray skies. I feel like that is super unique. Can you yeah. touch a bit on, have you always loved this gray skies? What are some tips for helping people embrace the rain more? Yeah, I grew up in San Diego and I'm very pale um, and I burn very quickly and I, I really hate the heat. And so I love it as a vacation destination, but I'm not ready to move back. I like the cool weather. It feels like it is easier to extend the outings when it's not really hot because the kids aren't like, oh, I'm melting. I hate it out here. And it's easier to put layers on than it is to take them off, right? So when we're outside and it's cold and wet, we put on our rain gear, we put on an extra jacket or we swap out a dry pair of gloves. And so that to me makes it easier to get out than really hot San Diego or Arizona. Yes, I know people, all, we end up talking about this a lot in the podcast, but people always think it's easier in hot places, but mm -hmm. there's so many added things. Yeah, you have to worry about dehydration, you have to worry about sunscreen. And so there's just, and you can't take off more layers at some point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it might be acceptable for like the one and a half to two year old. Yeah, too, but. exactly. <laughs> Do you have favorite rain gear? Yeah, we actually upgraded this last year. So friends of mine swear by Polarno Pirate, and I resisted it for a really long time because it's super spendy, but they brought up a really great point. We had bought rain pants, you know, we had to buy a new pair every year and I was always like treating them with that special waterproofing stuff. And it was just a nuisance and the kids would grow out of them every year. And so this stuff, my older daughter has fit hers for like well over a year and a half and still has room to grow. Um, and so that has been really awesome. We have their suspender rain pants for both kids and their rain mittens, which has been awesome because then they can grab onto playground equipment when it's wet or like digging puddles when we're on the trail. And those have been clutch. Okay. I'm looking into those for next year then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when we moved here, I was like, we're investing in rain gear because yeah. like you said, that's what gets you outside every day. And we have some good stuff, but I'm always looking for like, Hey, what, yeah. What is going to last? Yeah. Yeah. So is there anything else you wanted to share today? Not that I can think of. I hope it encourages people to get outside in whatever way is accessible to them. I think when we talk about getting outside, like it sounds so much like you have to drive an hour to go on a 12 mile hike or carry your big heavy toddler, but getting outside can just look like going up the street to your favorite playground or walking around the block too. Absolutely. That is great advice. The small adventures are the big ones for the kids. That's, yep, that's right. So, and where can people find you to follow along? I'm at suitcases in Seattle on Instagram. I used to blog, but I've sort of transitioned that into some freelance writing for Parent Map and Seattle's Child, which are two of our local parenting publications. So for the longer form stuff, that's a good place to find me too. Oh, wonderful. And how often can we find you in there? Um, usually I write a couple articles for them a month or so. So okay. pretty often. 
Oh, wonderful. All right. Well, let's end with our final questions. So in the last few months, what was your best purchase under $100? I was thinking about this one. We don't buy a whole lot of stuff, but the thing we just did, um, my kids turned three and six this month. And there is a farm, it's called Pivot Farm. They do a unicorn ride where they put a unicorn horn on a pony, which sounds a little bit cheesy, but my six-year-old really loved it. And she is always a little bit unsure around animals, especially the big ones, but she just sat on the top of that pony and gently guided her around the arena. And it was just like amazing to see. It was really cool. Oh, that is so fun. Again, adding to my list. Yeah, totally. <laughs> do you, because you said you don't buy a lot of stuff. I feel yeah. like you're a bit more minimal. Do you do anything special for gifts? Like when it comes to different holidays, do you do more experience gifts rather than gift gifts? Toy gifts? Yeah, my family stopped on my side of the family. Stopped doing like physical presents when I was in college. Cause it just got tricky. I was in college across the country and my brother was too eventually and schlepping all that stuff to somebody's house or having it shipped and then hoping that they still liked it just got tricky. And so we just started doing experiences. So when they come, we'll go and do like a big dinner out or we'll go to Bainbridge Island and take like a day trip. And that's just kind of been rewarding for everybody. And I don't, it's not something else I have to clean up. So yeah, I definitely love that. And then that's the case for your kids as well. Yeah. Yeah. Their grandparents on their other side still give them stuff. I haven't been able to squash that yet, right. but that's just the way they show their love and that's okay. Yes. Gifting is their love language. I that's know that from some people too. Can you share a book show or podcast recommendation right now? Yeah. I recently finished hunt gather parents. Um, my favorite. It was so good. A friend of mine had recommended it to me and I don't normally read parenting books. I normally only read fiction because it's my escape from parenting, but it was so good. It was just a way to bring that natural helpfulness of toddlers along and help encourage that. And it helped me not yell at the kids quite as much. So big help there. Yes. She was on the podcast. So if you want to go back and listen to that one, I'll link it up in the show notes too for people. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. I feel like I need to have her back again because yeah, there's so much good material in that book and yeah, nature, nature and parenting coincide, right? Totally. (laughs) If there was no time or money limit, where would you travel or explore next? My husband and I went to India before we had kids and I would actually really love to go back there. They just have the most amazing food and it's like even the stuff that some people would consider spicy is pretty accessible. They can kind of scale it up and down and the people are so kind. And while we didn't have kids when we visited, they're very welcoming to children. Um, and kids are just included in everything there. And it's not super expensive. Not that money would be an object in this dream scenario, but (laughs) I would love to go back with the kids. Their scenery is just gorgeous too. That is a great answer. Okay. Well, thank you. This has been so nice. I'm glad we finally got to get you on the podcast and learn inspire park adventures and more for people. Thanks for all. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for adventuring with us. Please subscribe and share your love by reviewing our podcast with five stars and follow us over at Kids Who Explore on Instagram and all other social media platforms. This podcast is produced by KP Media Productions.